Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey friends, how's it going? I'm okay. I have gone through a lot of different emotional states in the last week, um, but right now in this moment, I am doing pretty good. I did want to take a moment to acknowledge the loss of Twitch, um, Stephen Twitch Boss. Um, it was a shock to, I know the world, but especially the dance community, of which I will always be a part of. I have um, people very close to me who are close to him. And, you know, seeing the way that his passing has impacted the world is quite amazing. So many people have posted and are saying beautiful things about him. And I just want to send out so much love and light to the people who were directly affected by his passing. His wife, Allison, who I've met several times, um, their children, their families, Loss is always difficult, and especially when it comes on suddenly. And I want to offer just a little bit of perspective around support, both like with grieving. I think grief support is something that we are not super good at, and also what it means to be a support to someone who is like having a hard time with their mental health. And I did a reel on this, um, which is on my Instagram, but I think it warrants like a a little more of a fleshed out discussion. So I'm just going to do that here right now before we get into the topic of the day. But um, we're not good at grief. I read a book a few years ago by Megan Devine called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. And her partner died suddenly out of nowhere. I think he was 40. And right? That kind of sudden, unexpected, tragic loss um, hits in a really like weird and hard and complicated way. And she noticed that people had a hard time like talking to her about it. The things that they were saying were well-intentioned, but not necessarily exactly supportive. So, Whether you're thinking about reaching out to someone who is grieving, if you are grieving, um, or if you know someone, I've seen a lot of people on social media, you know, write stories and, and comments and things saying like, if you need someone, if you need support, please reach out to me. But we want to first check in with ourselves and see if we are actually able to be support for someone else. And so really consider, like, what are the skills or tools you have if you're going to offer yourself as someone that people can lean on? And what I mean by this is one of the things that we all need to do is become a little bit more comfortable with negative emotion. Because often when someone is seeking support, especially if they're in distress, And they come to you or someone else who has not created um, 
a better relationship around negative emotion, you're likely to want to try to make that person feel better. But if someone is really in a space where, for instance, they're having a lot of negative thoughts about themselves, right? Like, I'm ugly, I'm unattractive, I'm unlovable, like all like these kinds of thoughts that might be coming up that might be the source of a lot of pain for them, turning around and saying something like, oh my God, no, you're so lovable. Think about all the people that love you. Don't think that way. Isn't going to be helpful or supportive, right? It's going to try to shift their emotional state. And we want to ask ourselves why we're doing that. And usually it's because we're uncomfortable with their negative emotion and the way we feel when someone is feeling negative. So we need to become more like, comfortable with their own negative emotion to be able to sit with someone in their negative emotion, right? To be able to validate their experience. Like, I'm so sorry that you're feeling that way. I'm so sorry that you're thinking those things about yourself. I know that must be really hard for you. Like even just doing that for someone can be super, super helpful, but we're not taught how to do that because we're not taught how to be okay with negative emotion. We live in a very toxically positive culture that always wants to put that spin on it. We're like, there's always a bright side or what's the lesson here? And that isn't always the most effective way to be with someone when they're going through something. So if you feel like you need a little bit more education around what it looks like to be supportive for someone, there's so many tools out there. Um, I had to do two different suicide prevention courses. One, when I was um, an instructor at a university, and the other one when I was being certified as a life coach, which just helps with like looking for the signs that someone's in distress, um, how to talk to somebody, what to do, and I think really helps to educate us on how to show up for someone. And obviously, there's always stuff online. There's always stuff on Instagram. The book that I read, It's Okay That You're Not Okay, is another great resource that can just help to shift the way that you think about grieving, death, mental health, and all these topics that we aren't usually super equipped to manage within ourselves or with other people. So that being said, if you need any support or more additional resources, feel free to reach out to me and I can help direct you to some of the ones that maybe I know about or just do a search for you in your area. Like I'm here to help in whatever way that I can. Today, I want to talk about completing things. As the end of the year draws nearer, I've been thinking a lot about like how I want to close it out. And I came to the conclusion that Instead of thinking forward, right, and setting lots of goals for 2023 and making resolutions, I wanted to look back for a moment and decide what I'm leaving in 2022. Like, what's going to stay there? Like, bye, girl. So the question I'm answering is, what am I completing as I head into a new year? And you can ask yourself this question, too, right? Like, if if you have a moment and you want to just press pause, just like, think about it for a second. Like, what are you, what do you want to complete? What do, what does, what feels like it has come to a natural end for you? What are you letting go of? The first thing I'm letting go of is not trusting my own unique flow. I am the authority on me and I am the one that knows how I work best and what I need to keep going. 
And I also get to decide if going is what I want to keep doing. And this is where I get to sit down and really look at the shoulds and unconscious commitments I've made and decide what stays and what it's time to retire. In doing this, one of the first things that needs to be acknowledged is like toxic capitalism and hustle culture, because we've all been sold on the idea that we need to be productive and our output determines our worth. But that mindset only really benefits the people at the top of these corporate structures that benefit off of the work of other people and don't and they don't share the wealth with those people. So that's sort of the the basis for the way our society works, right? That's the model. And we can bring that model into our own businesses, even if the only person that's working in our business is ourself, right? So I'm at the top because I'm alone in my business. But the way that this impacts me is that I beat myself up if I'm not able to produce like brilliant content hourly and coach my clients and market and sell all day and spend time with my husband and take care of my geriatric dog and clean my house and have a social life and be on top of my mental health and blah, 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 right? If I don't feel like I can do all of those things and do them like at the top, right? Like perfectionism comes in here. If I can't do all of those things, right, I am making that mean something about my worth. And that's just not necessary. That's not uh, an idea that I need to bring in to working in my own business. When I'm not listening to my natural rhythms, I'm recreating this patriarchal, like white supremacist paradigm inside my own life and business. And then I'm feeling like a failure because I'm not capable of doing all those things without a lot of coffee, lots of naps, maybe some cocaine. Just kidding. I don't do coke. And so what might be helpful is to look at the thoughts that aren't serving me here. I feel like a failure, right? That's that's a thought, right? I can't feel like a failure. Failure is not a feeling. It's a thought. But when I'm thinking I'm failing at being the most perfect entrepreneur, I miss all the things I am doing that are perfectly exactly the way I function. And those are the things that make my business work for me. And if I keep working that way, I am creating a business that I am able to sustain. So I miss the truth of what my flow actually is when I'm thinking it needs to look differently. It moves me further away from feeling successful and accomplished because I'm not focusing on the wins. I'm only seeing the losses that, let's be honest, aren't the way I want to be running things anyway but I'm using circumstances against me that I don't even want to be participating in. So these are some of the things that show, right, this unconscious commitment I have to the thought that I don't know the right way to do something. So I look to others as a guide. And when I do that, I believe I should be posting regularly, right? That's a thought buried in there. But why? Currently, most of my clients are not coming to me because they are following me on social media. Also, There are other ways to meet people that I could explore if I wanted to. Social media does not have to be the entirety of it. So if I can build more belief consciously around me knowing instinctively what works for me, then I can start to dismantle the unconscious belief that I have to seek those answers from others. And now I can hear you thinking, (laughs) what if I don't know what works for me? Well, Here is the thing. You absolutely do. It's whatever lights you up. 
The things that will be our most useful strategies and actions are the things we're naturally excited about. But we're just so good at squashing our own excitement that we often miss what lights us up. We'll have an idea, we'll feel that surge of energy that feels like a thrill, and then we start to question it. What if it doesn't work? No one else is doing this. Why would I think I could? What if people think I'm crazy or annoying or insert whatever thing that you're afraid of people are going to think about you? That is why you don't go after what is calling to you from inside the house, right? You are just investing in building more self-doubt than self-confidence. You don't have to make the presence of these thoughts that are really just questions and totally bad ones at that. You don't have to let that sway you away from what you want. We routinely talk ourselves out of the things that we know would light a fire under us, and that's really just because they'll be new. So your brain automatically interprets them as dangerous, but you can be onto yourself and not believe every thought that you think. So the next thing I'm giving up on in 2023, or leaving in 2022, or however you want to think about it, is... Hyperindependence. Now, specifically in my business, but also bleeding into my personal life a little bit, this is a protective mechanism I developed that my brain really thinks keeps me safe. But what it actually does is contribute to my burnout. This goes hand in hand with not trusting my own flow. I have to first be very honest with myself about what my capacity is, how I work best, and where I want to intentionally push past my comfort zones. And once I do that, then I'm left with things I want to accomplish that I might not have the bandwidth to physically execute myself. So then I can decide, right, that I'm either going to wait on doing those things or I'm going to seek outside assistance, which in the past would have been an absolute no. That's because there's an unconscious commitment here that I, quote unquote, have to do it all myself. My brain believes that generally from the space of trying to keep me safe and not believing that I can trust others. But I also picked this up from messaging within the coaching community that being a solopreneur means doing it all with no help, right? I have to be able to create content, post the content, do consults, schedule networking, coach my clients, learn Facebook ads, create the funnel, manage the funnel, engage with my list, manage the list, right? (laughs) So like there's so many things. And I've heard a lot of times that you can get to 100K without hiring anyone. So naturally, not trusting my own flow and what works for me, I thought that I should be able to do this. Well, The people doing that are very different from me, and I found out are very few and far between. So I'm breaking up with that thought that I need to do it all myself. I actually posted about this in a coaches group that I'm in on Facebook, and I got so many comments from people either saying that they had help in certain areas, that they got help early on, to like people saying that like it's what they needed to hear to give themselves permission to not go it alone. So I felt really good about putting that out into the world because I think that more people need to hear, like we need to hear more diverse messages about what it means to own your own business. I feel like it's a little harder to do in my personal life, but I've started to slowly ask my husband for help with things around the house that before I would have totally done myself. I saw this insane video of a woman trying to to wallpaper the ceiling of her dining room by herself. She was standing on a chair and like scooting herself along like by her feet and like holding up the wallpaper and trying to like, like 
run it across the ceiling. And I just laughed out loud because that is the kind of thing that I would be convinced I could handle on my own. Like without a doubt, I could hang wallpaper on my ceiling by myself without any type of assistance. <laughs> and I saw that video and in that moment I was like, this fucking looks ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm slowly coming around to the idea that like there are certain projects that yeah, I would not only benefit from having assistance, but like absolutely 100% cannot do alone. So the next two things that I want to leave behind, they, they kind of go together, and I'm sure they do connect to the first two in some way. So one is playing small, and the second is like an attachment to security slash comfort. So what does it mean to play small? So I'm going to define playing small as meaning letting fear get in the way of taking the risks that I want to take. And notice I didn't say the risks I know I need to take. Oftentimes, that's how people will phrase it to me. But honestly, I have no idea what risks I need to take, and neither do you. That's just another way to be like complete dicks to ourselves, right? To say something like, I know that if I did X, Y, and Z, then I would make so much more money. No, you don't. That's actually entirely the point. You have no idea what the outcome will be, and that's why you aren't doing it because you're fucking terrified. You're afraid because of the uncertainty around the outcome, but you can be certain in your ability to manage your emotions around failure. Remember, failing is not a feeling. Failing is a series of actions that you take to attempt to create a result and not creating it. That's what failing is, right? You're like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You do that. (laughs) You don't get the result. That was failing. That's all. And you can only really fail if you try. Because if you don't try, you're not failing because you're not taking the actions to to try to create a result. You're avoiding trying to create the result. And here's the thing. Anytime you want to do something new, you're going to fail a lot. And that's okay. What is not okay is using that as a reason not to start. But the reason we do not do this is because we have committed ourselves to not being uncomfortable. That's why we need to give up comfort and maybe challenge what our definition of security is, right? So in order to not play small, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And we have to look at what we're currently believing creates security. So your job, your clients, your partner, your dog, none of these outside things, these things outside of you bring you security, The ability to have your own back and be a safe space for yourself when you fail and feel like shit, because you will, are what bring you security. Learning how to have boundaries when someone is treating you badly creates a sense of trust in yourself that allows you to walk away from that person. Checking in on whether or not you are people-pleasing and then honoring what you want over what someone else is asking for helps you understand deeply that you will be there for yourself when it really counts. So if you do this, then you'll have the emotional bandwidth to play big or bigger than you have been because you'll be there to catch yourself when you fall. So yeah, it really does connect to trusting your flow because when you start that journey, you're going to make mistakes. When you start the journey of trusting your flow, You're going to overextend yourself. You're going to overindulge in hollow comforts, right? Things that make you feel good in the moment, but actually 
prevent you from getting to the result that you want. That's going to happen, but you can figure it out. You can manage it all. So you can do this with me. You can learn to trust your flow. You can, if you have been trying to do it all alone, you can learn how to ask for help and lean on other people. You can stop playing small and you can start to lean into the discomfort around creating what you want in the new year. So maybe you're releasing some of those things and maybe you're releasing other things. What do you want to shift into as we go into the new year? I would love to hear from you. You could DM me on Instagram or email me at chris at chrishale.com. I would love to hear a little bit more about what everybody wants to let go of that is no longer serving them as we walk into 2023. I hope you have an amazing week, friends. Bye. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.